Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Greetings and salutations, one and all. Welcome in to the Get Right here on this Thursday night, 1053 The Fan. I'm Mike Peasley, and I am glad to be here tonight with uh, Blake Elliott. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Who no longer is the uh, fan phenom winner. He <laughs> is just a host at 1053 The Fan. So I've been told. So I've been told. Like, so I've it's been like, told. That's what we were told in the break room right before. So, you know, graduating. I'm graduating on Saturday. So two graduations nice. within a couple of days. So it's good to hear. Good to be here on this brisk Thursday night. It is brisk. It is December, middle of December. Holidays right around the corner. Good times. And it really is, you know, Blake, a great time in the mm-hmm. Metroplex. when you Because mm-hmm. you start to look back at the year that was when you get to this point of the year. Yep. Rangers are World Series champions. Mm-hmm. Cowboys are ten and three. Yep. Mavs contending, contending. Stars right near the top of the division as well. Mm-hmm. This is a good time to be a DFW sports fan. Yeah, I we actually had a segment. I think it was two days ago. Me and Alec and I we we discuss is DFW the best sports culture right now? And I think if you're using recency bias, which we kind of factored in over the last like two three years, I think it's hard to say another. City or Metroplex has had all of their sports be contending. And yeah. Cowboy, not Cowboys, Dallas, all four of their teams are kind of contending for either a conference championship or division or the the whole thing. And some sports, I think Philly would come close, but some, you know, have one here, mm-hmm. one here, one's falling off. All four of our teams are competitive right now, which is just great. There are high attendance, the ticket sales, jerseys, whatever you want to factor in. So it's a great time to be in Texas and an even better time to be in D-Town. Yeah, and even if you want to throw in the collegiate side of things, Texas playing in the college football playoffs yep, yep. Uh, coming up here in a couple weeks against uh, Washington. I guess maybe the only other sports team or sports city you could look at that kind of had this same kind of success that we're going through right now, probably Boston. Yep. Back in the days with with the you know the Patriots, the Celtics, the Bruins, Red Sox. Yep. Yep. But man, this is it's such a fun time. It's a great time to be alive. What a run! You know, you gotta. You gotta sometimes you gotta sit back, smell the flowers, and appreciate for what's going on around you. And, you know, not we always Cowboys got to win. And it's like, wow, we're all for and we're able to have conversations about them being good. This is right. a good time where obviously we're held to a high standard because now you're on this echelon as if you don't win the title. It's you quote unquote failed. Mm-hmm. But like the fact that we're in all the title talks on all four major sports teams, it's kind of a good thing. It's kind of back to 2011, you know, the year that the Mavericks won the championship. That was the year that the, you know, the Rangers got all the way oh, to the World don't Series. Me, and, Nelson Cruz. And, and came oh so close. But at that point, the Cowboys weren't any good. Nope. You know, but now the Cowboys are really good. Mm-hmm. Stars, really good. Mm-hmm. This is, I mean, you go through so many lean times as a sports fan, as a sports city. Mm-hmm. But then to have all of your teams being really good at the same time, 
That is so rare, mm-hmm. and it makes it so much easier for us as sports talk hosts, sports it, talk hosts, to, to to do that because we've got so many different topics, and everybody is so excited about all of the teams here in the Metroplex. And yeah, it just it makes our job, my job especially, very easy. You know, being new, I was like, you know, I would hate to be that hater guy that's coming on and just having to talk bad about all the teams, but all the teams are really good right now, so it makes it. It makes it an easy job for us to not necessarily, you know, be homer and ride them. But, you know, it's just it is what it is. Objectively, all four teams are really good. So it's a great time to be here. And I'm glad that me and you are working together for the first time. Pete, it you know? is. It is. I mean, we, we met maybe an hour or so ago. Yep, yep. So, I mean, I'm so looking forward to chopping up the next four hours with you. And, mm-hmm. you know, for, for those that don't know, um, I filled in a little bit for Rangers broadcast uh, when Eric was out uh, working with uh, Jared and, and Matt. Uh, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah we got Rigo going now. That a boy, Rigo, smooth jazz. So yeah, now to be an opportunity to to fill in. Usually, I'm used to hosting, you know, thirty minute shows. Mm-hmm. To go four hours, it's just it's just a little increments. <laughs> it's a bunch of thirty minute I, it's, shows. It's, it's it's like asking a hundred meter runner to to do the five thousand. Yep. So we'll see how we 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 go here. But hey, if the guys before us can do five, yeah. we can we can do four, we can right? do four. I mean, there is no shortage of topics here on this Thursday night that we're going to get into too. There is not. And to start us off, we do have some breaking news on 105.3 The Fan, presented by BetQL Smart Bets. Create or start with BetQL. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com. We had Mr. Glasnow going to the Los Angeles oh. Dodgers. They get another one. Pease, what's your immediate reaction? I know we'll chop into it later and get some more in-depth, but immediate reaction to Glasnow I mean, going to the Dodgers. Did they just wrap up the Otani news conference and yep. then they, they made the, the announcement that they made the trade? You mm-hmm. talk about dominating the, the news day. That's the Los Angeles Dodgers. So, you know, this was a move that uh, had been rumored to, to happen. I know a lot of teams were in on Tyler Glass. Now, now the thing with Tyler, he's always hurt. You know, mm-hmm. can you get more than 120, 130 innings for him? But when he throws, talk to me. He is he's one of the best right-handers in baseball. Mm-hmm. So this is desperately what the Dodgers needed. They needed pitching mm-hmm. because you have Otani, you've got uh, Freddie Freeman, you've got Mookie Betts, you've got the bats. The, te- the what that team was missing was starting pitching. Well, mm-hmm. now they go out there and they get Tyler Glass. Now they also get Manuel Margot, uh, an outfielder, as part of that deal as well. So. The rich get richer. Where do, you, where do you think this puts the Kershaw situation now with Glasnow being there? You know, it's – I don't know when Kershaw is going to be ready to go uh, here in 2024, but they've got some good young arms, but they're young, mm-hmm. you know, and who knows what you're going to get from Walker Bueller. You know, mm-hmm. will he be able to come back healthy after missing last season as well? They thought maybe he could come back in the bullpen last year. Didn't happen, but this was desperately – a move that the Dodgers needed to make. 100%. So they get Tyler Glass now to head up that rotation. And, man, you you look at the Dodgers on paper, I still think they need another starter. Yep. Uh, but, man, you look at the offense, that, that team is going to score a whole yeah. lot of runs. And Pease hit it right on the, on the money. They look great on paper, but we've seen a lot of teams with high payrolls not make it far in the postseason. The Yankees, Mets. Padres, name name any team that have they kind of try to pay their way towards it and then not able to finish it. Now, obviously, the Rangers got towards the top of that with obviously the Seager and the Simeon deal. But I I was looking at it, Seager. I think it was Seager, Simeon, Degrom, and I think Garcia's contracts combined still were less than Shohei Otani's. And it's just like you can you can purchase your way to it all you want, but you still like he said you got to have depth. Yeah. It's cool to have one guy. But you got to have a team full, especially because injuries happen in baseball, especially to pitchers. So having guys to be able to back them up, whether that be in the bullpen, whether that be from your minor leagues, 
having guys ready to go is really important because injuries can happen at any time. So teams sometimes get caught up in names. Obviously, they know what they're doing, but, you know, fans especially, they see the names on the roster. We're going to win it all. And it's like, slow it down. Mm-hmm. Slow it down. Yeah, and that's the thing with Glassdown. Can he stay healthy? Mm-hmm. And, again, that's going to that's gonna trump all the news today. Maybe even, I don't know if it's going to outshine Shohei Otani in the news conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Rangers, you talked about adding depth, Blake. Yep. They, did, they, they did exactly that today Talk to me. Uh, with, with the signing of Tyler Malley. Yep. You know, this is a guy that's coming off Tommy John surgery last May, so you won't have him at the beginning of the season, but the middle part of the season you will. And you talk about adding depth. You feel good right now about your Rangers five starters that you have in, in Evaldi and okay. Scherzer and John Gray, um, Heaney, and uh, who's the fifth? Are we, are we not saying DeGrom's going to come back uh, as a De, starter? De, DeGrom will come back in August probably. Gotcha. But they, they've got their, they've got their five in – oh, Dane Dunning. That was Dunning. The so the, you got your five, and now you go out there and you get a Tyler Malley for the second half of the season. Mm-hmm. You've got DeGrom as well. And Jordan Montgomery is still out there. Yeah, talk, talk on that. We talked about that before the show. On I was asking, does this take them out of the Jordan Montgomery kind of sweepstakes? And what, what was what was your reaction? Yeah, defi- to that? definitely not. I okay. mean, this was this was a low risk, just two years, twenty two million, and I think there's some, there's some uh, incentives in that mm-hmm. second year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, the Rangers didn't pay a lot to get Tyler Malley, but this guy is really good. Just a couple of years ago, he won 13 ball games, had an ERA of about three and a half. So mm. uh, this this is a guy that throws strikes. He doesn't walk a lot of guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, if he comes back healthy, it'll be a real nice addition. So mm-hmm. you can never have enough starters. Yeah, and then speaking of starters, let's start with this. Sunday night, we got Cowboys, Bills. Bills are actually favored in this game, what's what's kind of your just initial reaction to the Cowboys being dogs on the road? Yeah, I'm not surprised because usually the home team will get three mm-hmm, points. Mm-hmm. So I think Buffalo is favored by two. I'm yep. not sure if that line has it's moved It's gone to at two, all. two and a half, somewhere around yeah. there, but it's, it's floating a, around there. It's It seems about right. Mm-hmm. It really does seem like Sunday's game is going to be a toss-up game. Yep. I mean, the Cowboys are playing so well right now. I mean, the, that offense is clicking at such an elite level. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dak Prescott playing at an MVP level. The defense is good. The, the special teams, you got Aubrey kicking, you know, 60 yarders like like their chip shot field goals. Yep. You've got Buffalo right now that's kind of playing for their playoff lives. They might be the best 7-6 and six team. I mean, like, they're 7-6, and six, but I, they sure don't feel like it. They have their ups and downs, and we'll get into it more as the show goes on. But, like, off rip, just looking at them yeah. and the and the guy they have a quarterback, it's like how is that team right. seven and six? Which is why I think if you are an AFC team, you are rooting really hard mm-hmm. for everybody to beat Buffalo mm-hmm. and not get them into the playoffs. You don't want to see them in the if playoffs. If Buffalo gets into the tournament, that's the team that could do some damage. I I, I 100% agree. I think the Cowboys, like you said, they're on the road. They haven't been road. They haven't been dogs in, until they went to Philly a couple weeks ago when they had to go to the link. So it's been a while. The, the Cowboys have been beating everybody by 20 points in the last five games other than the Seahawks game, right. which both teams had seven days rest going into that Thursday night game. And that's a completely different story for the Bills. The Bills have played close game on top of close game on top of close game. They had their one blowout against the Jets. But other than that, all their games have been close. So I think this one will be another close one. And it'll be super interesting to kind of see how it plays out because both quarterbacks are – Dak's obviously played at a higher level, both two high-level quarterbacks at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're two great quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we can look at that. Dak, again, MVP-type season. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Josh Allen just 
if he can just limit the amount of turnovers. What, yeah. nine straight games with an interception? Yeah. Deron Blanchett's eyes got to be lighting oh, up. Oh, they're goal. lighting up. It's like, oh, I, there's another one out there, especially if the Cowboys are able to get some pressure on that. So uh, we will definitely dig in a lot tonight here in the next four hours in, into Cowboys-Bills doesn't seem like weather is going to be a factor Mm-mm. boy Mm-mm. when that schedule came out what what does the schedule come out in like summertime yeah may june it when, was when, it was looking like a scary game you're, i can tell you that you're looking like oh my god december 17th at buffalo yeah. like how bad is it gonna be but looking like upper 40s yep. in orchard park yep. and maybe maybe a little bit of rain mm-hmm. but boy you, you could be looking at you know 20 degrees and 10 inches of snow at this time of the year so the cowboys are catching a break there weather-wise you talk about going for the complete opposite next week they'll be in miami yeah so, so I mean, you got the you've got the the yin and the yang there uh, of, of the weather in the next two weeks but you know this cowboys team right now blake they're kind of in the in the four game gauntlet mm-hmm. you know they passed the test with flying colors against mm-hmm. philly now you got two tough road games, Buffalo and Miami, before you come back home and host Detroit. Yeah, it's this is what they wanted. This is what the Cowboys haters wanted. Can you beat good teams? And it is all laid out in front of you. Yeah. And speaking of beating good teams, the Mavericks have been kind of on a little hot streak right now. Won a couple in a row against some decent teams. Beat the Los Angeles Lakers the other night. Playing against the number one seed in the entire league, or at least in the Western Conference, under the standings. Yeah, they're, they're tied with Boston for okay, the best record. I'm yeah. going to say the Timberwolves tonight, and Anthony Edwards will be playing. We got Tim Hardaway Jr. and Derek Jones Jr. that are both playing. So some guys getting back off of that injury report. Obviously, still Josh Green, Maxi Kleber, Kyrie Irving. I think that's all that's on the injury report right now. Seth Curry is Seth, well. Seth out with illness. Yep. yep. So a couple guys out, but as we've seen, the story of the Mavs has been role players stepping up. It really has, hasn't it? I mean, the other night against the Lakers, it was Dante Exum. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Lakers' plan was to, you know, leave him open. It's like, okay, can you make threes? He did. He knocked down seven three-pointers in that game. So it has just been a fabulous, fabulous ride. So uh, Mavericks and Timberwolves. Mavericks going for their fifth straight win. Third game in four nights. You're a little Ooh. worried about that from the Dallas side yep. because, you know, they, they had that big win the other night uh, against the Lakers. Uh, so, uh, we will certainly keep you abreast of that as well as the night goes along as we are just getting started here on the Get Right. His name is Blake Elliott. My name is Mike Peasley. Rigo Mendoza is behind the glass producing this extravaganza here tonight. And when we come back, we will dig in heavily into Cowboys and Bills, some of the key matchups and some key players that are going to be missing for Buffalo that gives the Cowboys offense a chance to really light them up. We discuss that next here on The Fan. This segment of the Get Right is brought to you by Frankel and Frankel. Life is unpredictable and accidents happen. Frankel and Frankel are the go-to attorneys for contract wrecks in the DFW. And if your loved one has been injured in an accident, contact Frankel and Frankel for a free consultation at truckwreck.com or call 214 or 817-3333. Here we go. Aubrey nearing the end of the first quarter from 60 on the left hash. Long kick. Plenty of lag. What a great call by Mike McCarthy. Just as everyone said he should do, he sends in Aubrey for a 60-yard field goal, 
and Dallas leads 10-0. What a weapon. What a weapon. Welcome Butter. back. Welcome back, everyone, here to the Get Right on the Fan. I'm Mike Peasley along with the Blake Elliott, Brandon Aubrey. That was the first time in NFL history that we had a 60-plus yard field goal made in the first quarter of a game. What a, what a weapon. I mean, you get down to the, what, the opponent's 42-yard line, you're all of a sudden in scoring position now with Brandon Aubrey. Yeah, that's the crazy thing is I think Mike McCarthy's been heavily criticized, even back to his Green Bay days and especially in his early Cowboys days, about his clock management and going forward on these kind of weird situations. He kind of, he's been amazing this year, but he kind of has a get-out-of-jail-free card now. When you got Brandon Aubrey, it's fourth and two. We'll just, we'll just kick it from 60, 61, and it's automatic, like, I love, I was showing my friend the game the other day, and he's like, I've never seen a kicker look so effortless. Yes. He's not putting a lot of leg. He's just kind of like flicking it up there, and it's just right down the pipe. So he's been a great weapon. But the Cowboys got a lot of weapons, and they're going to need all of those going into Buffalo. So, Pease, why don't you let us know about some of those weapons that are going to have to be used to take down Josh Allen and the Bills? Well, for the Cowboys offensively, they're catching a little bit of a break because it doesn't sound like the Bills are going to be without a couple of their defensive Mm. players. A.J. Epinesa, one of their edge rushers, uh, doesn't look like he's going to play. Micah Hyde, uh, their veteran safety, looks like he is going to be out as well. So those are two really key defensive players that Buffalo is going to be without. Now, of course, they still have Ed Oliver. Uh, They've still got Von Miller. There's still plenty of talent there on that defense. But you take out an edge rusher, a guy that can get to the quarterback in Epinesa, a a veteran safety uh, in Micah Hyde as well. Those are two losses against an offense right now that is just just clicking, Blake. I mean, you look at this Cowboys offense and you just watch it. You know, Dak is just – he's just, you know – destroying mm-hmm. opposing teams' defenses. Yeah, you said Von Miller's playing, but unless you would have told me that, I wouldn't have known because he's been real quiet this yeah. year. It's been a very underwhelming year, and it's been an underwhelming year for the Bills. Just to get some stats to back it up, in total EPA, the Bills are 14th, run defense EPA 20th, pass defense EPA 12th. So they're kind of middle of the pack. Mm-hmm. They play some games better than others, and then I think it's I think the best way to kind of evaluate a team is although some people want to do the full season I look at their last five games that's how you're playing going into this game last game obviously they had the tough one against uh, or last game they got the tough I guess fluky win however you want to call it against Kansas City they got that one out of there they had the tough loss to Philadelphia they blew out Zach Wilson and the Jets they had the 12 men on the field for Denver and then they had the tough loss against Joe Burrow and I think that Denver game was a real good highlight of who the Bills are the Bills are the fourth most penalized team in the NFL. And you might be asking, who's first? That would be the Cowboys. <laughs> are the Cowboys really the most Cow- penalized team? Cowboys are number one. Seahawks are number two. I think Jets are three. And huh. then Bills are fourth. So I think this will be a penalty fest. It's oh, a good. primetime game. Um, well, I can't, no, it's 325. 325. What's, kick. What's, the, what's the name of the ref? Um, gosh, I can't think of his name now, but we're we're 9-0 with him. Oh, Craig Rostad, Ro- something Bra- like that. Brought us with now. Yeah. Hey, we're 9-0 with him, so that should work in our favor, but John Hussey and the Eagles were 7-0 with him last game, and we saw how that went. Yeah. That was a flag fest, so I expect a flag fest, and I think whoever commits the least amount of penalties, I know that's obvious, but it really will come down to who, who cannot have costly penalties will win this game because I do think the Cowboys just – matchup wise kind of have them beaten just kind of how they're playing football right now but there's a difference maker on that side of buffalo and his name's josh allen and he doesn't care about the matchups when he's on when he's in the game you have a chance to win yeah and so if you don't if you don't give him dumb penalties and let them move down the field and get some kind of cheap plays then i think he'll be in this game 
I hope we don't have a penalty fest yeah. because these this is the marquee game of, mm-hmm. of week 15 mm-hmm. of the NFL season, Cowboys and Bills, just because it means so much uh, for both of these teams. I just want the officials to stay out of the way. Oh, yeah. You know, just, it was the hussy I, show last week. I just, <laughs> I just I hate watching football games when you get a big play and all of a sudden the bottom of the screen, here comes the little yellow mm-hmm. flag. Mm-hmm. Like, no, just stay out of the way. If there's an egregious call, like Kadarius Tony being offsides, <laughs> call, call, call that. But just the ticky tack, yeah, just stay out of the way. Let us enjoy a good three hours of football without constant penalties. Yeah, and it, it's it's going to be tough because, like I said, they are two of the top five most penalized teams. Discipline comes into a big. I mean, the Cowboys have like ten offsides penalties that I can think of off the top of my head on defense, where they're just yeah. lining up over the line of scrimmage. And that's, you can't do that against Josh Allen because Josh Allen will give you a chance to beat him. He will turn the ball over, as we know, led the league in turnovers like for four straight years yeah. in a totality, not just in a one season. So he'll give you chances. But if we get a pick but we're holding or right. we're offsides, then that's going to negate that and keep, and keep a Bills and a Josh Allen in the game. So I think penalties is the biggest key to me, not letting the Bills kind of hang around. And in – Really, in every football game, Blake, the team that wins the turnover battle has the best chance to win the game. And, you know, with Josh Allen now having thrown one interception in nine consecutive games, if the Cowboys can play and Micah Parsons gets some pressure on him, they can force him into a mistake. And who knows, maybe Deron Bland gets himself another pick six. I can't do any snow angels with no snow out there Mm -hmm. uh, in in Orchard Park. But that, that to me, is the key. Can can the Cowboys get the pressure? Can they keep Josh Allen in the pocket? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, he does such a great job of scrambling and running, and he's such a big guy. Yeah. He is so hard to bring down. That is what I look at as really being a huge factor for the Cowboys come Sunday. Can they pressure Josh Allen, force him to make mistakes, and then when he makes those mistakes, do you have the right guy there to make the play? to give your offense a short field to work with. Because I, I don't think this is going to be truly a high-scoring football game. Yeah, I, I just think this game's going to be in the 20s, mm-hmm. maybe the first team to get to 24 wins. I know the Cowboys have been putting up 30-plus, especially at home, but I, I just think this game is going to be a tight – it feels just kind of like a 24-21 game. Yeah, I, I think the – tell me if I'm crazy for this. I have a feeling that the Cowboys are going to treat this game a lot like how they treated – how they played Jalen Hurts. With keeping him contained in the pocket. Two mobile quarterbacks, obviously. I would say um, Allen a little bit more. Really hard guy to bring down. But it's going to be, when you're rushing those those um, those blitz gaps, staying true to those gaps. Because yeah. the moment you lose contain mm-hmm. on a Josh Allen, yep. it's not a five-yard gain. It's 25 yards, and he's taking two dudes with him. And we, as we know, we don't have the biggest linebackers in the world. So you don't want to get into a tackling fest with Josh Allen. So we're going to need a Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence to honestly play Gatane. And if he does get out, not you don't want to get caught in trying to sack the quarterback too much this game because he's a very hard quarterback to bring down. Mm-hmm. Micah Parsons 100% can do it. And I think he'll probably get him one because Josh Allen likes to stay and hold on to the ball. But if you're if you're so wrapped up in getting a sack, he's going to use that against you. He's a very smart quarterback, and he'll get up the A or B gap as soon as you're rushing too far outside. So staying disciplined on those rush gaps and on those blitzes I think will be the key as far as the defensive game plan because the Bills do a decent job of pushing the ball down the field, a decent job of running. They don't really do anything great. I think Josh Allen, every time you turn on the TV, you're like, wow, that guy just keeps making the play happen. But I don't really see anything on their offense that's too inspiring. It's like, man, the Cowboys got to watch out because they're going to light you up because – you got Stephon Diggs, and I like I like Kincaid. 
he's kind of been in and out on the injury report. Got Knox coming back, but who's their second option? Right, it's Gabe, it, it's Gabe Davis. His, Gabe his, Davis <laughs> is a guy that you know, Blake. He'll either go for seven for one hundred and ten and two, yeah. or he'll go for zero for zero. Yes, it, it, it is boomer bust. Yep. When when it comes to, comes to Gabriel Davis, and I'm really excited. Will Stephon Gilmore is he going to shadow? Mm. Is he going to shadow Stephon Diggs? I I, I can't because that game. You know, Stephon Gilmore can be a pest. Yes. I mean, just ask A.J. Brown last week. I, I, and I, I think if he, he can do that, he can get inside the head of Stephon Diggs. I, I think, honestly, I think both guys could match up because what they did when they did Gilmore, those were two bigger body receivers, D.K. Yeah. and A.J. Stephon Diggs is definitely tall, but he's not exactly like a D.K. Right. Metcalf right. that's just got a bunch of weight on him. But he's a, he's a quick guy, so I could see both guys having success on him. They might start with Gilly or start with Bland and kind of switch off. I think it'll be really interesting. The The safeties had a really big game last week. All of them played up to par, especially Hooker had a great game. So I'll be interested to see if they kind of shade any coverage towards Diggs because I like we just like we just noted, you don't really have to worry too much about that second option of Gabe Davis and a Shakir. So I'll be interested to see how they cover the run game, cover that second option, or if they just kind of just push everything towards Stephon Diggs and say someone else is going to beat us. Because Stephon Diggs, you know – he can be a bit of a head case. Mm-hmm. When, when, I mean, when you're talking about the diva wide receivers, mm-hmm. you know, he's one of them. Yep. CD Lamb is not one of them. Mm-mm. You know, and, and the way that CD is playing right now, just, you know, a huge, I mean, he he's what, four catches away from 100 yep. already this season. I mean, he's just, he's been spectacular. I just think, you know, can can Gilmore be that guy to kind of get inside the head mm. of Stephon Diggs? I, and I think you hit around on that. I think that's the perfect way to put it because obviously when you're just going town for talent, Diggs is, most times the best player on the field. He's a very talented guy, but when it comes to the game of football, talent and on paper doesn't always win. It's sometimes it's in between the in between the helmet, keeping your composure. We saw it with DK Metcalf in San Francisco, very talented guy. Fred Warner got him out of the game. Kind of playing those little antics. So if Stephon Gilmore can get into his head and make him play something other and try to now he's begging for the ball. And we know Josh Allen will sling it. And if he starts begging and Gilmore knows he's begging or Deron Bland knows it's coming that way. Yeah. Kiss it goodbye. And Taking it to the house. It's not like Stephon Gilmore and Stephon Diggs haven't met met up before. Mm-hmm. You know, Gilmore his days with the Patriots. Yep. So I mean, there, there's some history in there, and I'm not sure if there's any any bad history mm-hmm. be- between those two, but I'm sure they've had a couple of conversations. Yep. On the football field, being AFC East rivals, and the Cowboys, you know, Tony Pollard, you know, he had 59 rushing yards last week, caught seven balls. It's I still would like to see more from the ground game because mm-hmm. right now the Cowboys are just dominating through the air. But mm-hmm. now you get into a little colder weather, and granted, it's going to be in the 40s. It's not going to be terrible. Can the Cowboys run it enough to keep the Buffalo Bills defense, you know, online? Yeah. Can, 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 can they keep them at bay right there just to, just to try to stay balanced? Yeah, and I know the stats won't show it, but I was at that Philly Cowboys game and I'll say it was one of the most impressive games I've seen from Tony this year. It's not what we saw last year as far as the explosive splash plays, taking it 25 yards or breaking five tackles going into the house. But he had some really timely plays on third down. He had some kind of just where Dak would flip it out to him, and it's just kind of a, a dump-off play, and he was making something out of nothing, breaking some tackles, getting some yardage, six yards here, five yards here. We need. A, I think we had a fourth and two early in the game. We ran it right up the gut, and we were able to pick it up. So yeah. I think – Tony Pollard's coming into himself as far as being a situational runner. I think we all want, you know, the 100-yard games and the two touchdowns and kind of what we saw last year. And don't get me wrong, I love that, but they've kind of complemented that with the Rico Dotto, with the Cavante mm-hmm. Turpin, CD. Like, all of them have kind of gotten carries in their DAC running the ball. So I just think we're not as dependent on one guy getting those stats anymore. 
and Tony Pollard, credit to the O-line. There's it, we, we Everything we say about the running back means nothing without a good O-line, and the Cowboys O-line has gotten that continuity. They've gotten healthy all at the right time, and they've been making these holes for these running backs, and I think Tony Pollard is starting to find his groove, and, and that's, this is the perfect time to find your groove. I could care less about the first four weeks. And I like the mixture, Blake, too, because we're starting to see Rico Dattle now get more carries. I more think he, and more every I week. I think he had 12 yeah. rush attempts last week. So, you know, that's a real nice compliment when you can go with two different backs there uh, with, with Pollard and, mm-hmm. and a Dottle as well. And how about Ferguson? You know, you We can do a whole segment on Fergie, we, we man. We can do a whole segment about him. But you talk about stepping up in a big way. It's been Ferguson, the, mm-hmm. the, the the Cowboys' tight end. I mm-hmm. mean, they always say the quarterback is best security blanket is his tight end. Mm-hmm. To have a guy like this over the middle of the football field that will catch everything, and not only catch everything, but run after the catch yep. as well. It's such a huge weapon for this offense. And you throw in Brandon Cooks as well. You know, midseason, there was like, well, why are you throwing the ball to Brandon Cooks? Yep. All of a sudden, they start to get Cooks involved, and you see what the offense has done now in the last five or six and, weeks. And honestly, I, I would even say safe, security, safety blanket might be a discredit to Ferguson. The way that he catches it, like you said, and moves up the field, like he doesn't – we saw Jason Witten. He would catch and kind of fall down. Yeah. And he was a phenomenal, phenomenal at it, and Tony loved him. Ferguson catches it, and he's looking to run a dude over. And I love that. I think he's brought that kind of – I'm not saying he's the only guy, but especially on the offensive side of the ball, he's brought that tenacity that this football team was missing. We were, we were really finesse and fun, kind of Miami S, score a lot of points, and, you know, CD's shifty, and we had Tony Pollard. We lost Zeke. We never had that. Ferguson, man, he will put his head down and run you over. And he's I crazy. Lo- and I love him at the goal line, too. You know, mm-hmm. you're, you're down at the one-yard line. You're thinking, well, they're just going to hand it off to, to Doddle or Pol- – or Doddle. Uh, Rico Doddle oh. – <laughs> Or, or or Tony Pollard, yeah. and all of a sudden here comes little Ferguson just splitting out and throw Ooh. an easy little one yard touchdown catch to him. It's just it's just so many different wrinkles. And Mike McCarthy, I think, has done a phenomenal job this year calling plays for this team. He he has been so good this year. Unsung hero, unsung hero. No, what, no one su- wants to talk about him. I mean, I'm, and I'm surprised he isn't getting more talk about for for coach of the year. Yep. I mean, you look at he's not even like in I think the top eight, top ten in terms of odds. He might be like number when, eight when, when it when it comes to to coach of the year. Yeah. I think D'Amico Ryan's of Houston's probably going to win it. Yeah. But Mike McCarthy certainly deserves to be in that conversation. It's a, it's a narrative award, and I and I Always. would give it to D'Amico based on where we thought they were going to be to them yeah. being in the playoff race. And everyone expects the Cowboys to be good, but never you know Super Bowl good. They're like, oh, they should they should you know make the playoffs. They should be the third or fourth best mm-hmm. team and. We've exceeded to kind of being maybe the best, competing, obviously, I would say right behind the Niners. So I do agree he should get some consideration. But, you know, they, they never want to – you know you got to work hard to, to get credit as a Cowboy. The coach of the year, which is why I never hold much stock into it, it always goes to the coach whose team is the biggest surprise. Yes. You know, the, the team that goes, you know, 3-14 and 14 one year, <laughs> and then all of a sudden they're 7-6, seven and, seven and six, like kind of what, uh, you know, Houston has done. Mm-hmm. Those are those guys that wins the Brian coach Dable of the year. Brian Dable last year. And it's like Phil Jackson. I mean, he rarely went one coach of the year. Same with Joe Torre with, yeah. with, when he was managing the Yankees. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you start he, renaming these awards <laughs> – they do. So I don't hold much stock in Coach Deer, but I think Mike McCarthy has done an outstanding job. And the Cowboys are going to have a huge advantage when it comes to coaching because I don't trust uh, McDermott with Buffalo any further Mm-mm. than I can throw Mm-mm. him. So that is Cowboys Bills. We will get back into them coming up a little later on in the show. But when we come back here, we need to talk about the Mavericks. They're going for their fifth straight win tonight, hosting the team that has the best record in the Western Conference and tied for the best record In the league, the Minnesota Timberwolves is tonight a statement game for Dallas. Blake and I discuss that next here on The Fan.
This segment of the Get Right is brought to you by Classic Chevrolet. Classic Chevrolet is leading the way to finish the year number one in America. They're racing hard with year-end savings on over 400 Silverados. Shop them all at ClassicChevrolet.com. This is Texas. This is Classic Chevrolet. Find new roads and relax and enjoy the difference. Yeah. Rigo Mendoza, thank you very much for that. I'm Mike Peasley alongside Blake Elliott. Uh, we are in here for the Get Right here on this Thursday on The Fan and the Dallas Mavericks. Ooh, the Dallas Mavericks. 15-8, and eight, winners of five in a row underway right now at home against the Minnesota Timberwolves. The Timberwolves coming in a record of 17-5, and five, kind of one of the early season surprises uh, in the league. So a really good uh, test, Blake, to see exactly, I think, where the Mavericks stand here. We're a little quarter way through the season. Yeah, I think we, we were talking about it on the break. Neither team, I think if they lose this game, really falls off. But the Mavs could gain a lot of confidence if they were to win this game because we haven't really had that marquee win. You know, we lost to the Bucks. We've beaten the Lakers, who are kind of middling, but we haven't had that big-time win, and this would not necessarily as um, I would say we're championship-bound if we win this game, but, you know, the Timberwolves are the number one seed right now, really good defensive team, good bigs, so this would be a good matchup. Anthony Edwards has always been good, getting better every and every year, so I think that the Mavs can win this one with, you know, no Kyrie and those other guys that we noted that are out. You know, it would be a big statement and confidence boost for that locker room. Well, I would put the win over the Lakers as a, as a statement okay. win the other night. Just just. For what the Lakers, you know, were coming off of mm-hmm. winning, winning the in-season tournament. Oh, they're hanging a banner over that. Yeah, they are hanging <laughs> a banner. That's so dumb. Uh, but the Lakers played really good basketball in in the uh-huh. in-season tournament, and to come in and for the Mavericks to win that game the other night, uh, it was impressive. You know, mm-hmm. that it was so much fun to watch because Luca was great. Hardaway went over thirty. LeBron did his thing. AD did his thing for the Lakers. Yet the Mavericks still found a way to get themselves the W because of Dante Exum. And I think that's really been the story early on this year, the reasons for success for the Mavericks. Because when this season started, Blake, I had somebody ask me what I thought about the Mavericks this year, and I said 38 wins. Yeah. I said I said 38 and 44. Mm-hmm. I just Because I, just, I knew Kyrie was going to be hurt, and unfortunately Kyrie is hurt right now uh, with, with the foot injury. But I did not anticipate guys like Dante Exum to step up as he has done. I did not anticipate Derek Jones to step up like he has done from the offensive side of things. Mm-hmm. You know, I like Derek Jones on the defensive side, but he's given them he's given them some offense. And then of course there's the rookie Derek Lively. And it's and it's kind of funny that they're playing Minnesota tonight mm-hmm. because the first time we saw Derek Lively play for the Mavs was the preseason game in Abu Dhabi. Wasn't like, great against the Timberwolves. <laughs> And it looked like he did not belong on an NBA floor. Rudy Gobert just abused him. So that is one matchup I'm looking forward to watching tonight to see, you know, exactly, uh, you know, how lively fares against Rudy Gobert. But, you know, for, for that kid to be where he was in October in Abu Dhabi, to be where he is right now, you know, where he's coming off a game where he had, what, 15 points, 16 mm-hmm. rebounds, you know, rolling, doing the pick and roll. Uh, you know, I still think he needs to get a little bit stronger, which will come with age because he is only 19 years old. But, man, he is a promising, promising-looking kid. Yeah, I mean, you, you spoke on it. Those other role players have been stepping up as the Mavs are just first quarter. They're already up 13 to, was it, 2? 13 oh, to 2. Luca, Luca already has eight points. Grant Williams tagged on a three. and the that's, role, a, that's a decent start. Yeah, and, and I'm going to get to the role players. But when you have Luka Doncic on the court, I just think people are under, not undervalued. Everyone knows he's a top five player, arguably top three. I would say top two, personally. But when you have him on the court, you could have me and you out there, Peace. There is a chance where you're going to win that basketball game. Oh, not he, with me. We can not, win. No, not. 
I'm 50. We can put you down low on the block. I'll, I'll play some defense, and we'll let Luca go one on five. I just want to stand behind the three-point line and shoot threes. <laughs> okay, Let's, okay. Luka dri- drive and kick. I'll shoot the He'll threes. He'll do that. That's See, that's the crazy thing is Luca elevates his teammates so much more than people see on the box score. People see Luca yeah. and they see the usage rate, and they think he's just a ball dominate, which he is, but they think that he just shoots every shot and doesn't pass. Luca gravitates so much attention to him that he can make a Derrick Jones Jr. get a career high in threes and points. He can make a Dante Exum be on those Laker threes. He was wide open. Yeah. Every almost every three. Now, don't get me wrong. He's made some hard shots this season as well. Tim Hardaway. But when you're playing with Luca, it makes the game so much easier for everyone else. Where Dante Exum can have a career now. Where Grant Williams is getting wide open threes in the corner. I believe the Mavs and the Pacers switch off every game for who's leading in points per game and three-pointers per game. They Both terrible defenses, both great offenses, but either way, they've been top two in the league in both of those stats. And we're kind of moving to a league where it's about pace, and the Mavs do it better than them yeah. and the Pacers. I, I had to mention them because they're right there on every category. They do it better than anyone else in the NBA, and so there will be nights where you lose because you're just, you know, you're getting out – you. Other teams are hitting shots. You're not hitting yours. But more times than not, you're just going to win games because you're getting up so many shots. And that's the biggest thing. That's the biggest difference from last year, Blake, to this year mm-hmm. is pace. Yep. Because the Mavericks played at the, I believe, the slowest pace or the second slowest pace in the was NBA there. last year. It was towards the bottom. I mean, it, it, was, it was 29th or 30th in the NBA <laughs> in terms of pace. And I haven't looked recently of where they are currently standing in pace, but they are playing much faster right now. Mm-hmm. And I think that has to do with Luka being in better shape. Yep. That, you know, he is in better shape, maybe the best shape that he's been in. He looks good, uh, since, man. Since his rookie season. He looks good. And they're allowing to, to push the pace right now. And it just opens things up a lot more for this team's offense. And, of course, you know, Tim Hardaway Jr., there's a lot of criticism for THJ. But, man, he is such a streaky guy. And when he is on a hot streak, there is nobody that can get uh, get him 20 points quicker than THJ. And, and we saw that in the game against the Lakers where he was so super aggressive in that game. Yeah, and it's funny, man. THJ, was there a bigger trade candidate in Dallas, like, Mavericks history in the yeah. last five years. Yeah. I don't think one person in that arena thought THJ was going to be on this team next year. He was in every mock trade. Yeah. Every GM was, okay, we're going to THJ and a first. THJ and a second. THJ and whatever. And he's been, like, one of the biggest surprises. Like, we know he's going to shoot a bunch. He shoots at a high clip. But he's hitting them now. He's hitting. I think he's, believe he's top five and threes made. He's number one in bench points. Uh, Three-point percentage. He's top, Like, he's. He's contributing and not just putting up shots, and that's been a big help. And they haven't started him, I don't think, any game this year. Even when Kyrie was out, it's interesting that they kept him off the bench because they're letting him run that second unit as far as getting shots up. Obviously, he's not setting up the plays and being the playmaker. But when he gets the ball, Jason Kidd has told him, let it rip. Let it go. And so he's getting his shots up, and they're able to score even when Luka's not on the court, which we didn't see last year. Luka left the court, and it was it was tough comings to get points on the board. 17 to 2, by the way. The, 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 Maver- the Mavericks row. Um, let's look at the Western Conference. Let's look at it. I think you got to still put the defending champs, Denver, number one, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're 16 and 9. They basically have the same record as the Mavs. Would you put would you put Dallas two or would you put Minnesota two or Oklahoma City two? I personally would put Oklahoma City two. I mean, they are so talented, but they are so young. They're, but see, they're so young. I, I think that they're going to make a move. I, I, they, they have so many pieces. They have like a nine, ten man rotation that five of those guys would start on a lot of teams that are on the bench. Like yeah. they are so deep. The, the Williams brothers, obviously you got Shea and Chet. Like they have guys all over the floor. Isaiah Joe, who's on like a minimum contract, who's like leading the league in three-point percentage. Like 
they have so many different guys. And like you just mentioned, they're all young. They're like one of the youngest, if not the youngest team in the NBA. And young teams, once you get into the playoffs, sometimes they're not quite ready for that I, moment. I agree. So I, I would put them as far as like where I think they'll finish on the standings second. But I think Shea is kind of getting to that point where he's kind of become that takeover player, especially in the fourth quarter. We've seen his good efficiency, good mid-range. So I'm not saying that I think they're maybe a title contender yet, but it's hard to count them out with how well they're playing. But I do think they will make a move. And then I'd put like the Mavericks three, Timberwolves four, Lakers five. Clippers are coming. No. Clippers are coming. They seemingly. Not a a believer. They seemingly. And again, uh, there is no team, Blake, that I hate more in the NBA (laughs) than the Los Angeles Clippers. And and when when they got James Harden, I'm like, that's perfect. Perfect. Clapped it up. (laughs) I can hate this team even more. But they've won five in a row right now. Mm-hmm. You you have Kawhi. You've got Paul George. You've got James Harden. I'm just I'm just kind of kind. I don't want to throw the Clippers into the top four in the West. I think Mm-mm. my top four in the West right now. I would have Denver one. I think uh, Minnesota two, Dallas three, and I think Lakers four. Mm-hmm. And then I put OKC five. Okay, Clippers six. Mm-hmm. I like but, it. But what the question is: Can Golden State get their act together? Nope, because they're because their heart and soul can't. Because their heart and soul is doing unbasketball things on the basketball court. So it's kind of hard when Clay's having Clay and Andrew Wiggins might be having like the worst How bad season of their career. They've like, been terrible. They, like, they, like they got benched. Yeah. They got benched the other night. It's it's been bad. We'll have to find the clip on the break of, of Clay talking about getting benched and getting a little emotional about it. And it's a reality now. Like it was kind of a joke in the offseason. It's it's literally a reality of like it is Steph. One on five every night. Like, yeah. this guy is still at his old age, still carrying that team, playing at a very high level, and he is getting help from nobody. I think the biggest thing with them, they were hoping Kaminga and Moody could step up. And haven't they done haven't done it. It's haven't not, done it. They, they aren't necessarily, like, minuses on the box score, but they're just not adding. They're just kind of out there, just kind of drifting, playing defense here and there. But you need some firepower. You thought Andrew Wiggins was going to be consistently kind of your third option. He disappears all night. So obviously, Draymond's – and now the lineup – with you know all of his hooligans, Clay Thompson's wide open, can't hit shots, and so teams are teams are giving Luca, teams are giving Steph the Luca treatment, but he has no one to pass it to. They're, they're trapping him and be like, someone else beat us. The West is open, and we haven't, we didn't even mention Phoenix, and they finally, finally last night got the big three to play together for the first time of mm-hmm. Durant, Booker, and mm-hmm. Bradley Beal. Mm-hmm. No I, depth though, and I don't like their center position. No, uh, but I think I think Denver, you still have to say. Head and shoulders yep. above the rest? I wouldn't say head and shoulders because they haven't. Jokic just had a little bit of a little slump recently. Murray obviously is coming back off an of injury. That bench, that bench is the biggest thing to me. They lost Bruce Brown, and I and it showed that Christian Brown didn't make that jump that I think they thought. It, Christian Brown and Austin Reeves kind of were similar. You thought they would be those guys to take that jump, either starting lineup or six-man, and they've kind of just kind of been wavering, taking a step back here or there. So I do think Denver is the best team in the West, but I don't think it's a head and shoulders. They're just clear-cut, just better than everyone on every night. They could still get got. Mavericks a top four, a top four seed in the West when it's all said and done? Mm, Standings-wise, oh, that's so tough because there's so many injuries. Yeah. It's like it's hard to – Account of the injuries, I would say they're like a four or five. I think they can honestly go further than their record proves and where they finish in the standings. But just as far as how Jason Kidd coaches the team and injuries, I could see them finishing at like a four at best. Yeah, I'm kind of with you as well. Where I think I think they're a top six team in the West, so you would avoid the play-in game. Obviously, injuries have a lot to do with that. You got to keep you know Luca upright. Hopefully, get you you know you get Kyrie Irving back as mm-hmm. well. But I just I'm so surprised 
at how well they have played out of the gate yep. so far this season. Best start in Mavs history, I believe. I don't know. Is it? I think I think I saw someone tweeting their first couple of games. That. It's their best start in Mavs history. I don't think that's right. We'll but, fact by check the way, that's 17 to 2 leads now down to 19 to 13. Yeah, that defense will get you. So it is the NBA, Blake, as they say, everybody makes a run in the NBA. All right. Just about got an hour down. Again, it's like it's like running a hundred meter when you're just, just like running a hundred meter dash, you're running ten thousand meters. We still have three more hours to go. In our second hour of the program, we'll get back into the, some uh, NBA talk, including uh, Giannis and what went down last night searching for that basketball. We will also talk about the uh, AFC and NFC playoff picture as week 15 of the NFL season underway. Uh, a couple of teams that are not involved in the playoff picture going tonight uh, with, with the Chargers and Raiders. But who is going to be represent the NFC wild card? Who's going to represent the AFC? Got a bunch of six and seven and seven and six teams. But when we come back, uh, we will bring you all the headlines here from this busy, busy Thursday, including, well, the news that we all wanted to know. The name of Shohei Otani's dog has finally been released. What was the name of Shohei's dog? We will tell you that when we come back here. This is the Get Right. He's Blake Elliott. I'm Mike Peasley. This is The Fan. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 